Creator Radio. Good evening, everybody. Monday, February 24th, 2020, 4.36 p.m. Chicago, Illinois. I am your host, Andres Benitez, and thank you for tuning in to Creator Radio. If you'd like to reach out to Creator Radio with any questions, comments, and concerns, please email me at creatorcompany401 at gmail.com. That's creator, C-R-E-A-T-O-R, company 401 at gmail.com. If you don't know, now you know. Creator Radio can be found on Spotify. Please hit that follow button on Apple Podcasts. Please leave me a rating and a review. And if you're listening to this on Anchor, please drop me a message. All right, on to the show. Yes, sir. Welcome back, everybody, to Creator Radio. I am your host, Andres Benitez. Thank you guys for tuning in. And on today's episode of Creator Radio, we'll be breaking down the heavyweight championship fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Uh, No script today. Didn't really have a whole lot going on. Just wanted to record a pod. It's been a minute. It's Monday. A lot of sports was happening over the weekend. So I wanted to break down the fight for you guys and just give my overall reaction to it. And then I think at the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit of basketball. I have a couple picks that I want to give um, and then also react to Sunday night's games, which featured the Celtics and the Lakers going down to a very good, very good battle. But no announcements today. Nothing new really going on other than the weather. Uh, it's still awful outside. Chicago is still cold. It's going to be like this until like, I don't know, like late April, uh, early May. And even even then, I don't even I don't really know how how it will be as far as the temperature goes. I'm trying to think if I have any other like quick things to say before we just hop hop into the fight. Um, oh, great weekend. Really great, really great weekend. Little boys weekend uh, with the fraternity, all, all the brothers. Um, Pi Kappa Phi, Kappa Psi chapter at DePaul University. If you don't know already, get the fuck on it. Wake up. Wake up, DePaul. We are here. We're out here. Um, so we... And then I'll tag the uh, our Instagram in the description. But this weekend, started off the weekend quite nicely with a little dinner sit down dinner and paddle painting which is like kind of kind of weird but it actually turned out to be a great great time so uh our brother one of our brothers evan zealous former president and current brotherhood chairman uh, his dad or his family owns a restaurant um out in palos heights shout out to zando's cafe thank you guys so much for hosting all of us but they put on an absolute feast for us uh, salad, bread, pasta, rice, uh, kebabs, steak, just all around fantastic food. We're all there having a great time painting paddles for, for our littles, or our little brothers. Um, so people, you know, wow, I'm a big to, to, a, to a little. Uh, so we each of us painted each other a paddle and gave it to one another. Uh, a lot of tomfoolery, a lot of just hanging out, having fun and just shooting the shit. So again, thank you, Santos Cafe, so much for hosting us. Thank you, Evan. The food there is incredible, and it's always um, just an A-plus experience. So again, thank you to Zandos. Thank you to Evan. 
And then on Saturday, we had a little beer die tournament. I don't know if you guys are familiar with beer die, uh, but just a little outdoor drinking game. You have four cups on each corner of a table and you throw, have to throw a die in the air. It has to go a certain height, bounce over the middle midpoint of the table and then fall off the fall off the table. If it hits the ground and the other other team doesn't catch it with one hand, that's one point. Uh, games are played to 11, a bunch of little other minor uh, rules on the details. But we had a whole tournament and it was fantastic. The sun was out. The wind was still a little strong. And that, that's pretty much a lot of Chicago weather for you. Like the sun will be out, but the wind and the temperature will still be pretty cold. But definitely hanging out, having a good time, goofing off, goofing off drinking playing beer and playing beer die and just enjoying 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 the day uh that night we ended up going to the bulls game shout out matt phil set my current president for organizing that and getting us the tickets he used to work at the united center so luckily our budget covered covered us going to the bulls game and we got our name shout out on the on the big screen and then on sunday uh, just took a little bit more personal time. I went out with a couple of my my personal friends, my close my close group of friends. Uh, we were hanging out all day, having fun, playing games, and, and just enjoy, again enjoying the weather, enjoying the weeks. You know, you gotta gotta be around the people that care about you. Gotta be around the people that love you, and just enjoy enjoy the moment. You know, you gotta stop thinking thinking too much or getting too stretched out stressed out over school or whatever else is going on in your life and you know when you have those people that that care about you like that and actually enjoy being around you uh so you just take advantage of it so again shout out to Kapazai, uh PiCap at the Paul University uh shout out to the rest of the homies it was a really great weekend it was good to see everybody and you know just just goof off for a little bit but yeah, we're back to work already. Monday, I had work. Uh, I covered a ship, a friend's shift of mine. It was her birthday. Shout out Lita. Happy birthday, Lita. If you listen to this, happy birthday. I hope you had a blast in Auburn. I hope you had a good time. Uh, celebrated properly. But yeah, I took her shift this morning so she could go, so she could be in Alabama. Um, but I was there at 9, 8, 8, 30, 9 a.m., you know, opened, opened the shop up got the doors going, um, just was there. And then I only only had to work till two, get my five hours in. And then I came home. I just woke up from a nap. So if I'm a little tired or a little, if I sound a little tired, that's why. But again, we are on the road to a hundred episodes. And this episode right here is what are we at? 26. We're on 26. So just a little bit of a quarter over the way to our overall goal for the end of the year, hitting a hundred episodes. Uh, but yeah, that actually turned out to be a good little intro. Um, okay. So without further ado, let's, let's hop right into Wilder versus Fury. Let's go. Creator radio. All right, here we go. Wilder versus Fury, the second uh, meetup between these two heavyweights. And I just want to talk about it just and just I don't really have a script. Again, I'm just kind of uh, spitballing these last couple episodes uh, just just so I, you know, still have the radio voice a little bit. You know, if you're reading off of, off of a list of things, it's sometimes it gets a little a little much, a little, little boring. But anyway, 
So Wild versus Fury. I just wanted to like go through who they are and like give give everybody a little bit of background. Uh, just talk about what I thought was going to happen, and you know, the, kind of the the talk before the fight. And we'll talk about the fight specifically. Um, I, I rewatched the entire fight today at work. I didn't really take a whole lot of notes, but I took away some general general like uh, takeaway points, and then. Uh, yeah, after that, we'll just talk about, we'll do a little bit of, excuse me, a little bit of NBA talk because my Celtics are red hot right now and I'm very excited about the playoffs. But yeah, let's just, let's talk about these two fighters. So let's start with Wilder, the favorite coming into this fight, Deontay Wilder, aka the Bronze Bomber. He's from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, obviously the United States. Before the fight, his record was 40 and 0 with 39 knockouts. Obviously, very well known for his strong and dominant right hand, kind of a lights out punch that quick two that you know changes changes a fight really really quickly. Super deadly, super dangerous. Uh, but he came in at six foot seven, 212 pounds, uh, 200 and. How do I say 212 and a half pounds? I guess that would be it. 212 and a half pounds, right around 96 kilos for all you metric guys out there. And he fights orthodox. And then obviously we have the winner of the fight, Tyson Fury, a.k.a. the Gypsy King. I love that. I absolutely love that fucking nickname. I don't, I mean, Gypsy alone is just a, a pot stir. So you're the king of the gypsies. Uh, that's, that's a good, that's a good, you got to vote in my, in my book. Coming from Manchester, England, before this fight, he was 27 and 0 with 19 knockouts. So they're both, you know, well known for their fighting styles, orthodox fighting styles. He's six nine and two hundred and fifty six and a half pounds. That's that's close to what is that forty pound different? That's like forty four pound difference. Heavy. That's forty four pound advantage um, to Wilder. And I think I think that was probably like the biggest factor in this entire fight. Is just like you were looking at you were looking at Fury and you were looking at Wilder and you're just looking at them on the same court or the same ring. It's like this dude is just bigger. Uh, obviously Wilder. I don't think it was possible to make Deontay Wilder look small in any way, shape, or form. But Tyson Fury did it. I mean, if you're standing at six nine, that's two. He's two inches taller, and again, forty four pounds heavier. So if you can put that into any perspective, I mean, you don't want to see either of these guys uh, on the street. The fucking huge, huge, massive men, and it was just really interesting to watch the fight and see see where everything kind of came down and how the two fighters were how they kind of evolved from the first fight so i went back i watched the first fight as well and i think the biggest difference i didn't really want to break down the first fight too much i did want to talk about the second one but i do think there will be a third a third match between these two but um wilder just wasn't as aggressive as I thought he was going to be coming into this. I, I, when I was watching the first fight, he was always on the attack, always pushing forward, always always being the aggressor. You know, he, he had Fury kind of like stepping back a little bit and and hesitating and and not really too sure of what his next move was. And Wilder like 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 wild swings and just a bunch of energy coming out uh, of the of the corners and. 
this whole the whole fight flipped the whole fight flipped this time and i think pretty much immediately i mean past the first round i i think that people knew that that fury fury was going to win the only thing that really kept Deontay Wilder in this fight was just the the possibility that he hit Fury with one of his with one of his uh, like killer right hands, but it never came out. We never got to see we never got to see uh, Wilder throw that that big right hand in this in this matchup, and Tyson Fury came home with the victory. Uh, I really was surprised with. Fury's fighting style. I mean, he had switched up his his coach and his training, and he really wanted to hammer into the public eye that um, he, although he is 256 pounds, although he is six foot nine, he is a very, very technically sound boxer. Um, he was slipping and dodging and dipping and and shaking and he he was he was just moving really really easily for being his size. You, you think that a lot of heavyweights would just it's just one it's just ones and twos, but he would just tie up or just put a lot of weight on him. And then once once Wilder did start throwing after after like being tied up or being you know getting getting some weight on him, Fury was just slipping punches and moving and dodging. He was the one putting putting Fury on the ropes. Again, like Tyson would just he was the he was the aggressor. He he always was walking forward. He was always moving Fury. Fury really didn't have any like strong dominance in the center of the ring, always on the ropes, always in the corners, and then eventually just the 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 sheer weight of Fury on him every time they tied up as well as uh, just the constant barrage of of punches. I mean, he worked the left, the one so well, baited Wilder into some into some wild fights or into some wild punches and then just retaliated with the with the two and hit him a couple good times. I think the first knockdown. So he Tyson Fury had I think two knockdowns and then and then Wilder slipped on on one occasion, so it wasn't considered a knockdown. But the first knockdown came in the second second no, what is it? Second round, second round. Why I don't know why I didn't figure that one out. First knockdown came in the second round, and then obviously the the technical knockout in the seventh round. Uh, little fun fact for all you gamblers out there: um, if you were to to pick, if you were to pick that Tyson Fury would would knock out Wilder in the seventh round, your odds were plus thirty eight hundred. 3,800 fucking advantage, 38 to 1, 38 to 1. If you had put even 20 grand, you were looking at, I think, or I think my friend put in like 50. Wait, actually, let's do the math. Let's do the math. Hold up. Because it was an absurd number. So let's say you put two units, a unit being at 10 grand. So you put 20 grand. And it was a 38 to 1 odds. You made $760,000 on on Fury knocking him out in the seventh round. If you continue that little lineage and you put five units and you're at $50,000, that is a a payout of $1.9 million. $1.9 million on a fight. 
That's the that's the most wild thing to me and the most enticing thing to me about gambling at this point is like are your I think the majority of the time like people who are addicted to gambling they're lifetime losers, right? So no matter what or how many years or how many big wins that they get excuse me um they're still there's always this white whale that you're chasing. You know what I mean? It's this one pick or one parlay or one one boxing match or one horse race where it really changes your perspective on the concept and idea of money. I mean, having 38 to 1 odds and putting 50 grand, which in the, in the grand scheme of things is a ton of money, but if your payout is $1.9 million, that $50,000 investment is, you know, changed pennies. So that was really interesting to look at. And again, I think it does change how you should view sports and how you should. And at least you should know, you should know what your options are and you should know a little bit about gambling because it will come, it will come up in your life. And I, th- I do think that it will, it could pay you dividends if you, if you don't get addicted to it and somehow you hit this this big, big white whale out of nowhere, um, you can take home a lot of cash on a boxing fight. So, you know, it also incentivizes you to watch the to watch the event and see <clears throat> and see how the event went. I'm trying to think of other things that I would like to talk about. Oh, the entrances. I, I loved absolutely loved the two entrances that both fighters had obviously you had Tyson Fury coming in on a float he was he was being carried by like 10 to 15 men with a with like a plank of wood and then he had a crown and a jacket and he was sitting on a throne being carried into the ring which is the one of the craziest things i've ever seen and then Deontay Wilder obviously coming in with um, this full black, full like robe with face mask, with crown, all diamond, like all bust down. I mean, it, it looked scary as a motherfucker. Um, but yeah, I, I initially thought that Wilder was going to win the fight again or they drew, they, they draw or they tied the first fight. But I I thought that this fight would be a wake-up call for Deontay Wilder, and he would knock him out. Uh, But Tyson Fury, you really surprised me. Uh, I think you shocked the entire world, and I think you showed everybody that you are a very, very technically sound boxer. You know exactly what you're doing. And um, actually, also the way that he just carried himself and talked about the fight, talked about his interactions. There's no shit talking. He was super polite and super friendly during the post game uh, interview with all the fans and, and the media. They were talking about like, oh, did you see any improvements in, in Deontay? And he was like, of course. I mean, if I'm being honest, he was a, a much better fighter this time around. His jab was better. It, you know, he was more patient. He wasn't as anxious. He, you know, he was more technically sound. But so he, he didn't shit on anybody. Didn't didn't insult anybody. Didn't insult the didn't insult Wilder's camp. Didn't insult, um, you know, the MGM Grands or the Boxing Association. Just super, super humble guy and just wanted to go out there and put on a show. And he did. He put on a fantastic show, an incredible fight. Um, So to you, Mr. Fury, I tip my cap. Very excited to see where the world of boxing as far as the heavyweight division goes, because I think that 
when you have like these smaller guys who are fighting, like even the like McGregor and Mayweather fight, like, you know, obviously a much different um, like scope on the fight. You would think that those guys are probably the most technically sound. And then once you get up to the the heavyweight, there's there's just a little bit more buzz. There's just a little bit more like, okay, this is really gonna happen. Like this is actually gonna be like a good fight. Like I think that like the like the heavyweight championship, like it need it needed one of these fights. It needed to get back on the mainstream media and needed to be back in the eyes of the public. You know, I'm not a big uh, fighting fan. I I don't really watch MMA that much. I do want to get into it more, but this definitely piqued my interest and will definitely uh, put me in a position where I will want to watch and continue to watch combat sports. I think there's a, a real grace to it. You know, I think that when you are that big and you are that, that competitive and you are fighting one of the most deadly, deadly men in the entire United States of America, Dante Wilder. He's no scrub. And again, it's very hard to make him look small in any context, but Tyson Fury did. And it was just a great fight. It was a really good fight. The people got exactly what they wanted out of it. And I don't really know what else to say about it. I mean, maybe I'll just read quickly here on the... Let's see. Actually, I do wonder what the betting line was for for boxing oh for the fight where was it oh i guess it's done but whatever uh but yeah so that was the fight i don't know what else i could say really oh i don't really know what else to to say about it I mean, they both really didn't like each other coming into this. I was listening to Jalen Jacoby. Shout out Reg. Shout out Jalen. Shout out Jacoby. Always giving the people what they want. I think that uh, when I well, what they had said, and I think what the entire world was saying was that Wilder was going to win this fight. And it's just, you know, you're just not as technically sound fighter. So, and that's that's just the way that the fight went. Okay, so that's it. That's it for the fight. That's all I got to say. Again, shout out Tyson Fury. Shout out Deontay Wilder. Great fight, gentlemen. Really interesting to watch. Uh, Tyson Fury, I'm so excited to see what your the rest of your career brings because I think you're just a technically brilliant, brilliant and respectful uh, fighter. So class, absolute class. Okay, and now we will move on to NBA talk. Here we go. Creator Radio. NBA talk. Finally, we're back. I have missed the NBA after the All-Star weekend. I wanted to get back into talking about it. I wanted to do more podcasts on it. The Celtics have been red hot. Mm. Mm, Excuse me. And I did a really good stint of music reviews. If you want to go back and listen to all those music reviews, uh, they were pretty good. We did Aaron Ray and fantastic R&B. And we also did, who else did we do? Um, Hold up. I'm forgetting like my own episodes. It's been so long. I mean, there's also 20, 25 of them. If you were just listening to Creative Radio for the first time, thank you for tuning in and joining me on this, on this podcast journey. You know, we're on the road to a hundred episodes and 20 number 26 so if you <clears throat> just 
just tuned in to Creator Radio, please go back and listen to you know all the previous episodes. See what you think. Email me at Creator Company Four Zero Creator Company Four Zero One at gmail.com. And, you know, follow me on Spotify and Apple Music and, and wherever else you can get Creator Radio. Help me grow the Creator, Creator Radio family. So we did Phases 2 by Aaron Ray. I really, I really enjoy that album and I've listened to it like a hundred times since I posted that. And then the one before that, we did uh, The Juice Volume 1 by Emotional Oranges. That was also a really good a really good album or a little EP for everybody. So go back, listen to those, get that content in. Tomorrow, I think we'll be, I got to record another podcast just so we get the numbers up. But yeah, let's hop into the NBA. Let's so Sunday night. We had a couple of games going on. A lot of good, a lot of good action. Let me pull it up. Okay. Um, again, I don't have my monitor because my HDMI cord is has been busted, or the port to my to my laptop for the HDMI has been busted, so that's been really annoying. But um, and I'm telling you guys this because uh, it, you know it's not as smooth. I don't have everything in front of me, so I have to go and find everything, and <clears throat> it's been a pain in the ass. Okay. I'm not going to start with the Celtics just because I want to leave that to the end, but very, very fun game in Los Angeles. Uh, They obviously have to win, but we'll talk about that later. Timberwolves and Nuggets. The Timberwolves, 16 and 39, completely irrelevant out of the Western Conference. They're like second to last. Nuggets, 39 and 18, currently second, I believe, in the Western Conference Nuggets take a nice win over the Timberwolves 128 to 116 <clears throat> the Raptors blow out the Pacers 127 to 81 they were they are now 42 and 15 while the Pacers are 33 and 24 I'm suspecting that the Celtics will be playing the Pacers come playoff time if the rankings, if the standings kind of stay where they are right now, we should be seeing them, which is a, a fantastic like first round for me and the Celtics. I think that's a great, really, really good, um, good first round opponent. No, they're not slouches, and I think we should win it. But they'll give us a little bit of like, oh shit, like we gotta, it's the playoffs, time to. <clears throat> We might lose a game here, or you know, it, we we probably won't sweep them. But it will be a great a great opening round, and I think I think uh, we'll we would take that if we were to play Indiana. But I also wouldn't mind playing the Nets. Okay. Anyway, Raptors, nice win. Pacers, we'll see you see you soon. If this Siri thing would stop fucking opening, how do I turn this thing off? I'm sorry. Every time, like every three seconds, my Siri on my laptop gets gets freaking turned on and it starts recording my voice and then asks me if I want to search this thing. I'm like, no, Siri. I'm just trying to record a podcast and give the people what they want. Is that so fucking hard? Uh, back to sports. Wizards. Bulls. Two trash teams in the East. The Bulls, 20 and 38. The Wizards, 20 and 35. 126 to 117. Bulls, despite Bradley Beal going for 53 points, which is absolutely insane. Bradley Beal 
He's like averaging 29 points a game this season, which is ridiculous. And it's kind of disappointing to see such a talented uh, player on, on a team like the Wizards. Like, he needs to get the fuck out of D.C. I don't know what his contract situation is. I don't know what what his plans are. But if you're dropping 53 points and your team doesn't and gets beat by the Bulls, I, I cannot I cannot even imagine I cannot even imagine the level of frustration that 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 must you know ensue. Kobe White, thirty three points, six rebounds, two assists. Uh, rookie year going crazy. I mean, we watched him against um, the Suns, and he put up like thirty points as well. So Kobe White has been bomb for the Bulls. Love to see that. Love to see Levine. I think that the Bulls team. Is just really young, and I think that if Markinen steps back up, <clears throat> you know he had a really great rookie season, kind of a slump this year. But if he pulls a Jason Tatum and comes back next year and starts dropping 33, 34, 35 points, you know every couple games, and starts you know maybe comes into an All Star. That Bulls team is not bad. I mean, I mean they got some pieces. So, but. Goodwin Bulls and moving on Spurs and the Thunder Thunder in the first time I think we will see them in the playoffs this year and the Spurs we will not be seeing the Spurs in the playoffs this year which is again a surprise because I think they've been in the playoffs for I don't know like I don't know how many years in a row but this is like the first time in in X amount of years that the Spurs haven't made the playoffs Thunder, fantastic win over the Spurs, one thirty-one to one hundred three, blew them out of the out of the gym. The Thunder are now thirty-five and twenty-two. I think I already said this. And the Spurs are twenty-four and thirty-two. Top performers: Shea Gillis Alexander of OKC, twenty-two points, thirteen rebounds, four assists. Rudy Gay for the Spurs, fourteen points, six rebounds, two assists. Pelicans and Warriors, Zion uh, helping with 28 points on a dominant win over the Warriors, 115 to 101. The Warriors 12 and 45, while the Pelicans are 25 and 32. I think the Pelicans are only like three spots out of the the eight spot in the West. So they might, they, they might still be there. They might make it. They might get there. It would be cool to see Zion in the playoffs, but I think that this year, especially after all the time that he's missed, probably better that he doesn't play or they don't, you know, they wait a year, regroup, resettle, learn how to, you know, get the chemistry going again, maybe add a piece in the offseason and then give it a crack uh, next year. But Drew Holiday, 23 points, 17 rebounds and five assists. Damian Lee, 22 points, four rebounds and four assists. This Warriors team... Kind of shocking to me. I mean, obviously, Steph is not on the floor. Clay is not on the floor. Draymond is not on the floor. D'Angelo Russell is gone. Uh, I mean, they just acquired, what's his name? Andrew Wiggins. I don't know how much he will do for that team next year. But KD moving to the Nets. It's just, it's really odd seeing a team be in the finals for X amount of years straight with like four four or five years being deep in the playoffs or in or in the finals and then they're 12 and 45 i mean obviously the again splash brothers aren't on the floor katie's gone draymond out i mean it's not really the warriors but i think i think looking forward to next year i don't know whether or not the warriors are going to be 
a threat. I mean, I am. I'll probably eat my words uh, when it when it comes time next year. But I don't really know. I mean, the West is the West is really strong right now, and I think. I don't know how much Clay and Steph. I mean, they'll definitely impact, and they'll definitely be an, a way above 500 team. Do I think that they'll make it back to the playoffs? As far as like the West developing, I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't there anymore, or like maybe they take a little slump. I mean, I don't really know. I don't know how much um, Steph and Clay are gonna, you know, turn the team around. It will be interesting to see how Wiggins fit into into all that. It will be see how, interesting to see how them to go against, you know, these up-and-coming teams like New Orleans looking really great and young and healthy and fresh. And Memphis is looking really good, young and healthy and fresh. And the Lakers are having a really good year. And the Clippers are a really good team. And the Nuggets are a really good team. And it just... And even at, you know, the 10 and 11 spot with the Trailblazers, it's not a bad team. Dame's coming back next year. I mean, obviously the, the Trailblazers won't make it to playoffs this year anymore, but I don't know. It's just interesting. I, I really am curious to see how the Warriors team stacks up against this developing West, especially with all these young talents that are really coming into their own. And then finally, last game of the, of the night, Trailblazers and Pistons, irrelevant Pistons, 19 and 40 versus the almost irrelevant Trailblazers, 26 and 32 without Damian Lillard on the floor. McCollum going off for 41 points, nine rebounds and 12 assists. Christian Wood of the Pistons, 26 points, nine rebounds and one assist. The Trailblazers get a squeak, squeak out a win at 107 to 104. And uh, yeah, let's see. And then we are going to talk about the Celtics and the Lakers. Give me one second, but I do want to go to the standings and just kind of play, just you know, play with fantasy a little bit. Um, right now, okay. So yeah, here's what I'm talking about. The Lakers are 43 and 12. They'll probably be in the same-ish range next year's. You know, regardless. I mean, if some sort of injury comes into play, then then that will fuck everything up. But. Lakers, great team. Denver Nuggets, second in the in the West, 39 and, and 18. Good team. Solid team. Joker playing well. Clippers, 37 and 19. The Rockets, 36 and 20. The Jazz. The Oklahoma the the Thunder. Doing better than they thought they were. The Mavericks. The Grizzlies. So like these last eight teams, Portland, New Orleans, San uh, San Antonio, Sacramento, Phoenix. Uh, Minnesota and the Warriors. I don't know, or is that eight teams? That's three, six, seven. The last seven teams. I don't know where the Warriors are going to fall into this into this mix. I think they might. They. I think maybe next year they'll be like the five or the six seed. I think the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Clippers, maybe the Rockets will be. In the fir- floating in the first four f- four spots, and then I think maybe the Grizzlies will take another big step next year if everything goes to plan. New Orleans will should probably make another big step next year. Damn again coming back to the Blazers next year. The West is getting tough. <clears throat> the West is getting tough, and I also wanted to say this very uh, on wax that the East is looking really good right now too. The bu- the Bucks forty eight and eight, the best record in the league. They've already clinched a playoff a playoff contention. The Raptors are forty two and fifteen. The my Celtics are thirty nine and seventeen. The Miami Heat are thirty six and twenty. 
And then KD and Kyrie are both coming back. Uh, John Wall, I don't, I actually don't know what his status is. He's coming back to the Wizards. I mean, the East, East is looking pretty good right now. I, I think that the West is still definitely the stronger, you know, uh, conference. But I, I am suspecting that I think the East is going to start popping up and and start to show people that like they're a real contender going up against the West. Because I, I truly, I truly believe this. I think the Bucks, the Celtics, and then maybe the Raptors and, and the Heat have serious chances of winning a championship. And then with Katie and Kyrie coming back to the to the to the Nets, that has to be uh, at least a playoff contending team. Uh, you know, going against some uh, some obviously good squads in the West, but I think people are sleeping on the East. Time to wake up. I said that ironically as I yawned, but it is time to wake up. Time to wake up the East and time to get uh, the Celtics in a fucking championship. I'm saying it right now. I'm calling it right now. I'm looking at a LA Clippers, Boston Celtics championship this year, 2020. And I will take the Celtics to win in a seven game series against the Clippers. I am really, really impressed with my Celtics. I think we have the deepest uh, team in the league, in the entire league. We have the best perimeter pl- perimeter players. And this is a perfect transition into the one and the only Jason motherfucking Tatum. Jason fucking Tatum. 41 points. Five rebounds and two assists against a very good Lakers team. And again, Kemba, not on the floor. But Celtics, tough loss against the Lakers in L.A. Uh, the Celtics are were 112, Lakers 114, good win. LeBron hitting the last game-winning shot, put up 29 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. I want to dive into this box score just for the fuck of it because, again, Kemba not on the floor. I think we would have won this game if he was. Tatum, Tatum, 41 points. He went 12 from 20 from the field, 4 from 7 from 3, and then 13 from 15 from free from the free from the free throw line. Another other cool little stat. 4 for 6. 4 for 6 from the field playing against Anthony Davis. Arguably one of the best defenders in, or arguably the best defender in the NBA. I'm beyond like excited about this team, and just like look at look at this look at the spread, look at the spread. Jason Tatum, 41 points. Gordon Hayward, 10 points. A little low, but that is usually like a 22 point game or an 18 to 22 point range game for for Hayward. So low night, but I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Tatum. And Hayward start start bouncing out again. Tice, 16 points. Marcus Smart, 14 points. Jalen Brown, 20 points. I mean, it, it it's it's beautiful basketball. And it's distributed, it's balanced, it's equal, it's organized, it's exciting, it's fun. You have Tatum, young, hungry, wants it just more than anything. He he's be it's I think it's Jason Tatum's team. I really think it's Jason Tatum's team. You know, obviously, uh, we got to get Kemba back into the lineup, and that and that obviously, you know, changes things a little bit. But I'd rather have him on the floor than not have him on the floor. 
as well as Jason or Jalen Brown, 20 points. Gordon Hayward, 10 points, but still, he's been averaging like 20-some-ish points uh, this year. Marcus Smart, 14 points. Daniel Tice, 16 points. I mean, it's just a good, it's just a great team. I'm so excited about the Celtics. And I think spin zone here is that, again, fuck Kyrie Irving and his bullshit drama. This is exactly what we needed, and and I think this is our year. I really believe that the Celtics will be in the championship. If they don't beat the Clippers, they'll go to a seven-game series with them, and it'll be a fantastic thing to watch. But I'm saying it right now. The Celtics will be in the championship, and I believe that it will be against the Clippers because I think when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard get back on the floor together and they work with Lou and they will work with Montreal and they work with who the what the fuck is going on sorry a I don't know if you guys can hear this but a like a advertisement just popped up and it kind of ruined my whole fucking flow but again fuck Kyrie Irving Everything about Kyrie Irving just annoys me at this point. For one night, he goes for 60. The next day, he's got a career-ending injury. He's complaining about this. He's bitching about that. Like I, I, I am so unbelievably grateful that he's not on the Celtics anymore because we see the impact that he makes on a team. We see... Excuse me. Excuse me. We see the drama and, and just the... He... Whole, he held back the whole team because when it's Kyrie's team or Kyrie's on your team, the ball has to go through Kyrie. He has to take 37 shots a night just to score 20 plus points. If he's taking 27, if he's taking that that many fucking shots, what do you think is going to happen to the most up and coming fucking talented prospects in the league? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. It's going to suffer. They're going to suffer. The whole thing. It, it, it this I'm again I'm just very happy Kyrie's gone Brad Stevens doesn't need to wor- worry about it anymore all he needs to do is worry about the team organized play and t- and running a team offense it's not Kyrie's team anymore it's not Kyrie's demand it's a, t- a Boston Celtic fucking team and with that Tatum can go for 41 and the rest of the fucking team can also go for good points too. Brown with 20. Tice, Daniel Tice with 16 points. That is just un it's unheard of. It's absolutely unheard of. And I think something you know other than a seizing and ending injury, we will see the Celtics team in the championship. I think we're going to beat the Bucks. I think that we could beat the Raptors. I think that we could murder the Heat. So, bring it on. I'm, I'm all in this, on the Celtics right now. Super excited. And I think we're sitting perfectly at the third spot uh, in the East. Was there anything else that I wanted to say about that? I don't think so. Yeah. Jason Tatum. It just, it's so, it's so unbelievably, like, satisfying seeing him come back into his own. I mean, it's just like... Again, you saw you saw what happened with Kyrie on the floor. You saw him without Kyrie on the floor, and it's just a world of difference. So, to that, I'm forever grateful. Kyrie, get the fuck away from Boston. Don't ever come back. I don't want you here. Nobody in Boston wants you here anymore. And that's it. That's all. I, that's all I gotta say. I'm done. Done ranting about the. Oh, quickly. 
very, very quickly because we've been running for 42 minutes now, which is actually insane to me um, that I'm able to, to keep talking for this long. But let's do a quick little pick for <clears throat> tonight's tonight's games. So let's pull that up. Um, FanDuel. No free advertisements, but I'm looking at FanDuel to get all these all these lines. Tonight, 7 10 p.m. Atlanta Hawks versus the 76ers. Just because of the just because of the the money line, I'll take the Atlanta Hawks here at plus 330 points. Uh, the spread is plus eight and a half points uh, for the Sixers and the money line for the Sixers. But I will take the Atlanta Hawks. I'm going to take the Hawks. Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'll take the Heat at minus six and a half points. And money line as well as the under at 220 points. Milwaukee Bucks and Washington Wizards. Uh, I'll take the Bucks at minus 13 on the spread. And I'll take the money line. And I'll take the over here at 242 points. I think Beal's been balling. Milwaukee's been balling. I think the this 242.5 should be should hit. <clears throat> Orlando Magic, Brooklyn Nets. I will take the Magic. I'll take the Magic at to cover the spread at three and a half points. I'll take the money line, and then I will also go with the under here. Kyrie obviously not on the floor anymore. I'll take the Magic here. I don't. I don't. I feel like that's a pretty pretty great bet actually. Knicks, Rockets. I will take the Rockets at minus 14, uh, 14 points. I'll take the Rockets money line as well, and I will take the over at. 228 points. Minnesota Timberwolves and the Dallas Mavericks. I will take the Mavericks money line. I will also I will take the Wolves to cover the spread though at 13 and a half points. And I will take the under here on the 238 and a half points. Um, so I'm taking Mavericks money line, Minnesota uh, Timberwolves plus 13 and a half points. And I'll take the under here. Uh, Suns and Jazz. I will take the Jazz to cover the spread at eight and a half points. I'll take the Jazz money line. And I will take the over here at 224.5 points. The Grizzlies and the Clippers. You know what? Fuck it. I'm taking the Clippers. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm taking the Grizzlies. I'm taking the Grizzlies money line. And I will take them on the spread. Ten and a half points. I'll take that. That's a lot of points. I will most certainly take that. And I'll take the over here at 232 points. So Grizzlies, money line. Grizzlies, cover the spread. Ten and a half points. I'll take the over as well. 232.5 points. Hornets, Pacers. I will take the Pacers money line and to cover the spread at 11 points. And I will take the over here at 208.5 points. That should definitely hit. That's a very low over under. Bucks, Raptors. It's only a point difference on the spread. I will take the Bucks. I'll take the Bucks uh, to cover the spread at minus one point. I'll take the money line and I will take the over here at, 200 at 231.5 points. Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Bulls. I'll take the Bulls here. Well, am I going to take the Bulls here? Oh, these are tomorrow's game. Oh, fuck it. I'm not going to touch those games. The last one that actually mattered was the Grizzlies and Clippers picks. But yeah, that's it. Those are my picks. Um, for tonight's game should be should be some fun to watch it should be a fun couple games i'm very excited and that is the end of creator radio 
That is another episode in the books. Number 26. Coming in at 50 fucking minutes. If you're still listening to this at 50 minutes, thank you once again for tuning in to Creator Radio with me, your host, Andres Benitez. One time, Chicago, Illinois. Fucking tap in. Tell all your friends. Let them know what's going on here at Creator Radio. We're just a fucking content machine going, going back to back to back to back. And again, we're on the road to 100 fucking episodes. And you better fucking believe that we're hitting that fucking 100 episode marker. Super excited. And I think uh, just good things to come. So again, thank you for tuning in. Andres Benitez. Hope you have a great day. And I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Peace. I said, I feel invisible. It's a hundred niggas in a spot. I won't keep going. It's 85 just to walk on. I don't talk to these niggas. Cause a lot of these niggas be corny. I'm feeling horny. And I shoot like Robert Horry. I'm off this percolated shit. I got a percolated bitch. I give her this percolated dick. I show her this percolated tricks. They know who in the city, Bosco, nigga, you can ask me. Bosco, what's up a city of TD? Bosco, going 50 for 50. I put a perk over toilet, then shoot up the party, then change the artillery. Energy. Creator Radio. Creator.